Sonia and Sasha, for real. Hi, you've got Brent Bank Live and Live Event. This is the Sonia and Sasha for Real Show. It is our favourite time of the week. My beautiful friend Sasha, how are you going, my lovely? Wow, we're out and about. We are not homeschooling, so let me tell you, I am out of control happy. The sun is out. I'm feeling good. Like you even said to me the other day, you look healthy. That's because I'm not around everybody in my family. It's not just my children, it's everybody. I'm actually having some time alone. Like it's amazing how just so a few minutes a day by yourself is actually like just ah, oh, like oh, we take for granted those moments that we just oh, had before. Uh, I crave it. I crave so, it. You know what? Yeah. I've had nine gigs this week. Nine gigs. It was. It's just been the most amazing thing. And I was supposed to. Um, and I'm just in front of all of these people, real life people, Sasha. They do have masks on, so I can't hear anything that they're saying. But they are. They are real life in the audience, and I can see their eyes, and I can read their energy, and they're coming up and talking to me afterwards. We have to be a meter and a half apart. But just that alone has brought the most amazing amount of joy to my life. I can't even tell you. This week it's been the best week and well, I, <laughs> I was supposed to go to Adelaide you, can I ask you this do mm. you think that everybody's really social distancing no I don't because um because like there's you been... said oh we're supposed to be a meter and a half I bet mm. you that they're not always a meter and a half well do you know what I've got to say the schools have been doing an incredible job with the masks wearing situation like they're saying to everybody come on guys you got to put your masks on you got to put your masks on but I have noticed there's a bit of hugging going on may or may may not involve myself but you know there's a bit of hugging going on hey I've been hugging the teachers when I get in there like I'm so excited and then I actually say am I allowed to hug you in there and I've not had anybody reject me actually everybody said yeah okay I'm really good because I think that we're all actually starving for affection totally you know that you are actually hugging people like i normally would not walk into a school and hug every teacher but now i'm hugging left right and center and so i think from the starvation even though it's technically not allowed even though from the starvation we're actually doing it much more but of course we are because we're hugging people and we've craved it for such a long time because we've only had randos in the supermarket that you can't really hug or you're not supposed to <laughs> and we've had people in our own family and so when you get out and people are absolutely overjoyed to see you yes. like you walk into these schools now to the universities and they're like oh my god hi you know and they're just so excited to see you and the kids are excited to see you yeah i was supposed to go to adelaide um on tuesday uh, the other day to go and to do a, a seminar at a university over there and do you know what i couldn't go do you know why because they'd slapped the borders shut when dan the man closed us down for five days and they're not opening it until two days after i um you know was supposed to go there and then the flights are so limited and do you know what i was going to get on a plane sash i was getting on an airplane do you remember that do you remember no, getting on an airplane and somebody said plus fasten your seat belts and here's an orange juice I, I was just beside myself i was only going to be on it for 15 you know 50 minutes or whatever it is the flight oh, to adelaide but, but i was but, so excited and then they pulled the wall from underneath me pulled the rug and do you know what happened? There's so limited flights to go to anywhere in the in the country that they actually changed. They sent me an email and said, "We're well, sorry, we've had to change your flight coming home." I was like, "All right." To half an hour after I landed, so <laughs> to get back on the plane, and basically as soon as I landed, I'm like, "Do you people actually look at your emails that you sent? Like, what's coming on?" So they were literally getting off it. So there's there's not even time to quarantine. You get there, you get back. No, there's no time to there's no time to put a bit of hand sanitizer on your hands. You're back on the plane. You're back on the plane. 
<laughs> the point of going there for work was that they actually got the point of you coming home. Yeah, I just they got walked off it. one and had to go to the next town and back on to the next one. So that was kind of pointless. But so I did it on Zoom and we got the message across. And, you know, even those beautiful young people, they said, can we just hang out with you afterwards? And so we just had this little virtual Zoom sort of situation where we all sat around and we just jabbered. We just talked. Chewed you know, on the Zoom. Chewed on the Zoom. Chewed on the Zoom. Chewed the Zoom. Because it's, it's what we need to do now, you know. Mm. Oh, gosh, I missed it. But it's so good to be back in front of people. It is so Bless good in to Melbourne. And do you know what's happened? Do you know what's happened? So my uh, next door neighbour passed away oh, in the no. middle of our lockdown, That's and not right. um, and I, he's been my next door neighbour since I was ten years old. So because yeah. you know, I, I haven't moved far, um, <laughs> like one house, and so <laughs> you know we don't take risks in my family. Well, at least I don't, right? <laughs> you know, if I would have, you know, I just there's a, a piece of wood between the, where I've moved. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So, and um, he he passed away in the middle of our lockdown and he's had a funeral. And the funeral, now, I, I could not believe, I actually went out the other night and I went to a bar and there was about a 1,000 people. So this is just where I'm not getting sense with this COVID yeah. lockdown stuff, right? Yeah. Went into a bar, went into a club, which, you know, Sonia, you'd be very, very proud of me, right? It didn't have mm. to, there was... A line was around the corner to get into this bar and I just could not cope. Uh, and I went to the back of the line and went, mm, can't do this. And I just went to the front of the line and just toddled up there. And I think I was by far the youngest, oldest person, well, you know, I'm 23 and a half, right? <laughs> oldest person. And I just went up to him and said, listen, I'm 46 years old. I don't line up. I can't line up. Please, for the love of God, let me in. I won't be staying on. Anyway, they let me in. Right? I love it. That is gold. Anyway, there was about, I'd say, a, a, more than a thousand people jam packed. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. if you, if you no weren't social licking, distancing, if you weren't licking the back of somebody's head, who knows <laughs> what you were licking, right? I mean, people were exchanging sweat and kisses mm. left, right, and centre. Mm. It was a COVID like hub, yeah. and yet you had hot spot. A, a COVID hotspot. Mm. And I say, and I went right in the middle of the mosh pit, like, <laughs> and I just smothered myself in people's sweat. Um, and just went, just you know, got the groove up and, and loved it. Anyway, and so then I went to a funeral today. Mm. Go to this particular, go to this funeral, and you're only allowed a certain amount of people in the church. You're not allowed to have like between the the pews. You're not allowed to have anyone, so you can't have every second one. Mm -hmm. And then you, uh, in order for you to actually get communion you actually had to stand 1.5 metres back from the person in front of you. But listen to this. I've got to just tell you this because wow. if COVID, if this priest had COVID, we all have it because I'll tell you what was going on, right? <laughs> did he, did he lick the communion bread? Please okay, tell me. I'll tell you what was going on. Now, I was, I was a little bit bored. I'm not going to say I wasn't. I was a little bit bored. <laughs> I was standing and looking at those pictures on the wall and going, oh, that's not a bad little bit of my bad artwork there. You know, Sistine. And um, anyway, so I'm there. <laughs> now, anyway, so this is what this priest does, okay? Puts on his mask. So he's done the whole service and no mask. It's time to get it. Breaks the bread, takes the wine, takes a bit of a sip, has a bit of chew on the bread, eats it away, and then he breaks up all the bread, okay? Mm. He's, break, he's touching everything, puts his mask on, then what, and he gets something, eats something himself, puts his mask on, and then goes over to everybody else. And then what happens is he serves the bread. Now he says, No, I'm not going to put it in anyone's mouth because that's germy. No, oh. let's do it this way. What he does is he's just put some to in his own mouth, 
in between going from the getting the bread to that, he's touched his face like three or four times. I'm watching mm. this dude, right? Mm. Now, I'm not anti this and I couldn't care less about it, but mm. I'm just thinking, mm. how can you now? Because you're not allowed to have a wake. Wakes are banned, mm. right? And also, there's no kissing and hugging at funerals. You're not allowed to pass your condolences. So here's what he's done. He's touched his mask a couple of times and then he's put his hand in the bowl and given it to every person and he's touching their oh, hand. So this, no. this germ is going, did he, did he, this is kind of an infestation. Like this is a toxic vest, right? So if one person in there has got COVID, if you've gotten, if you if you took communion, we've all got COVID. Yes. I mean, I went just because I was hungry, didn't I? <laughs> Oh <laughs> and you know what? That's there's not enough Hail Marys to cure that, let me tell no, you. And I was like, I'm starving, I've been in this church for ages. If I can get a bit of ice cream cone into me, I'm coming up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it is. Anyway, and I just couldn't believe it. Like I just thought and then so when we went outside, we couldn't um we couldn't kiss. I thought, what's the point? Of course we can kiss. We've all just shared. So, so you, you're telling home. me, yeah, you can lick the back of someone's head in a nightclub, but you cannot kiss somebody. I'm really sorry that your no, husband passed away. Absolutely can't. This in is fact, the world you're not allowed to hang out at the front of a church. Like I'm telling you, coffin comes out, you've got to get the hell out of there. Like can't wait I just don't the understand these rules. Anyway, all I say is do what works for you because yeah. your mental health is the most important thing, okay? Yeah. And if at some point you need to go, I need to sneak away to see that person or to give them that hug, you know, I'm big on following the rules and all of that stuff. Mm. Anyway, but, keep safe, keep but, safe, I, but it is about really being safe, but it is about looking after your mental health. And I think if oh. you do need that hug in a special time of need, or if you do need to do something, then I think that that takes priority because starving yourself is of affection is not good at all. Not wait for this stupid thing to be all over and we never speak of it again. So no. there you go. Oh, so, do right. you remember COVID? Do you remember that COVID thing? Do you remember I know. that? Do you remember when we were when we, we, we nearly lost our minds? Someone's head in the night. Do you remember that? <laughs> and on that note, we're going to go to a break. After the break, we've got the incredible Susie O'Brien, who has just authored a book called The Secret of Half Assed Parenting. Cannot That's wait us. to dive into that. That is certainly us. You're listening to Brimbrook Live on Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for Real Show. We're so happy you joined us. We'll see you after the break. Sonia and Sasha, for real. You're listening to Bring Back Live on Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for Real show, and we always have the best guests who we didn't even have to stalk this time because that's our normal way of getting guests, isn't it, Sasha, to stalk them? She's a friend of ours, this wonderful woman. Can you please do the proper intro for this lovely friend of ours? Hang on. This is a an intro and a half. Like we get some really, really <laughs> smart people, but uh, this one just takes the cake. Okay, first thing. <laughs> Her name's Dr. Susie O'Brien. Doctor, she's mm-hmm, very, mm-hmm. very smart. She has a PhD mm-hmm. in education. She is a journalist for the Herald Sun, appears weekly on Channel 7 Sunrise, and she is the author of The Secret to Half-Assed Parenting. This book Woo! that's out now, this is something that we definitely need, Sonia, because we are parents and we're going absolutely nuts. And do you know what? Dr. Susie over here, between her and her partner, they've got five kids. So let us know. Oh. Let us know. We didn't talk about how to raise these parents. Hey, Susie, thank you so much Susie. for being on Hello, the show. Hello, ladies. Oh, wow. Now, tell us, you've got this book, okay. What um, what made you even write this book? Well, I was just, 
I couldn't believe that we're all saying that we can't raise our kids the way we want to, even though we're the ones raising them. And I started thinking, that's just insane. And I did a story for the Herald Sun about this um, survey of parents, and it said one-fifth of parents don't know if they think that they are less happy now than when they had kids, than before they had kids. So having kids that they wanted has made them unhappy. And then a third of parents say they don't know if they're happy or not. They're so stressed. They're so time poor. They're so over everything. They can't say if they're happy or not. And I started thinking, here we are. We've got everything we want. This is pre-COVID, obviously. Everything Mm. we want in life, you know, and yet we are stressed and we are anxious and we are depressed and our kids are stressed and anxious and lacking resilience. And I was thinking something has to give what is it that's going to give? And so I wrote mm. this book to give parents an answer. So one of the things, one of the big problems is that we're working more than ever. You know, every, mm. most families have got two parents, both working a lot, even one parent working a lot, and yep. we're putting our hands up to volunteer at the footy club and do all this great stuff because we're good people and we're doing a lot of hands-on parenting and we don't have the hours in the day. So what do we stop We stop our social lives. We stop seeing our friends. We stop cooking from scratch. We stop having bubble baths, whatever it is. But doing less parenting. Hang on, sorry, sorry, stop, sorry. What was that? What was that? The only bubbles I'm getting is from my soda stream, darling. That's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and even when it runs out for gas, I don't even have enough time to go get another one. Like, that's how time poor I am. You've you got to fart in the bath. I know. I know. That's what you do. <laughs> I don't have baths, right? It's a five-minute yeah. shower. Do you know, you get to wash your armpits and yeah. then you're out, right? And it's just and, you're absolutely you know what? right. And you know what? Doing less parenting is something that doesn't seem to occur to anyone because we're so used to thinking that more, when it comes to parenting, more is better. We have to do more. We do more hands-on. We take them to more activities. We do their homework more. We put together their Lego creations because they're not going to be able to do it well enough. You know, they're going to skip a page and you're going to have bits left over and it's going to fall down. Oh, my God. Susie, are you, are you, have you got a camera in my house? Do you understand how many Lego create, Lego things I have put together? Like, oh, it's just ridiculous. Under sufferance, I'm sure, and you sit there. I hate Lego. page and you, you've got all this and the kids, the kids are losing interest. You know, when we grew up, when I grew up in the 70s and 80s, you know, we'd get a box of Lego, we'd empty it onto the floor. Mum might swear on swear when she stepped on a piece and that would be the extent <laughs> of her, you know, her part in it. And she'd leave yeah. us to just create something. And these days, the Lego comes in a box and it costs 300 bucks and it's a Mandalorian X-Wing starfighter and mm. can no one ring in and say that's not a thing. <laughs> that's what I've done. And it costs 200 bucks and it takes eight hours to put together. And by the end of it, we're exhausted because we are basically being the kid. We are doing it for them. Yeah, I have a COVID. Right. I put together a $500 Back to the Future DeLorean and my <laughs> kids couldn't even care about it. They wanted it and I put it together and like... 
And you and said, you know what, you can't play with that. Put it on the top shelf. No, they can't because I, it's taught. my greatest creation. <laughs> that's exactly right. And it's not about play for them. No. And the same with activities. There's all this research, like the Lego, the Lego Foundation actually did this research and it showed that all these activities that we're putting our kids into, they don't see it as play. They don't see it as fun. Like they might enjoy bits of it. But, you know, we're running around like bad things. Where's your mouth guard? Where's your socks? Where's your soccer ball? What time's the practice what time do you need to pick you up where's your hang on I told you to get your your um drink bottle go and get it that's not yeah. fun that's not fun for them or for us so I'm saying half-assed parenting let it go cut down the oh, activities so cut down the hands-on do less parenting not yes. cut you know do less across the board and uh, so that the kids are neglected but do less of the stuff that doesn't matter yes amazing oh, I'm you speechless know what? I've so... got nothing to say I'm sorry. <laughs> What's the next question? I'm nothing to say. Like, is that I'm literally. First? No, yeah. no way. Yes. I, you have, yeah, it is. You yeah. have, you're so onto something here, Susie, because we watch this all the time. And Sasha and I have, you know, gone through the primary school system and had to get our tribe of people together, you know, at schools and stuff. And I can't tell you the number of conversations that we've stood there listening to how much kale they're getting into their lunch boxes for their kids and, you know, they're, they're, you know what they're sewing and they're making shapes out of the sandwiches and, like, all of this, no, this sort of stuff. Unicorn. And I'm like, can't handle it. I'm just not. And I love this half-assed thing because there's so much of the parenting that we do, I think, Sash, and we, you know, I mean, we do our best, but there's some that we just go, I can't stand that rule. I'm not doing that. I don't yeah, think like that. Yeah, like nude food. Like I, I get, yes. you know, environmentally, you know, it's good Same. to be environment. But, you know, do I want my kid paraded in front of the class because his mum works and does the sandwiches the night before, puts them in glad wrap in the fridge, and yeah. is that wrong? Is that so bad? You know, no. I don't want him to feel like he's got a lesser lunchbox because I don't cut the grapes in half or yeah. make little <laughs> mini lollipops out of the, out of the strawberries oh. or put faces on the banana and don't leave little a love notes so that he knows that I love him. Oh. Like, eat what no. you're given and yeah. if you don't want it, go hungry and then you'll probably eat it tomorrow because you know there's nothing else. Like, it's yeah. not that hard and yet... <laughs> Even book week, you know, we turn up oh, and the kids week, parade the around the place. There are all these websites week. about how you can make, you know, Harry Potter or you can make the, the very hungry caterpillar with 100 legs and you sew them all on individually. But there's nothing on the internet, and I know this for a fact, for people who remember that it's book week at five minutes to nine and have mm. to make a costume out of what you can grab by the front door. Now, yes. I've worked it out. You give them a saucepan and they put it on the head and go as the saucepan man and then they, <laughs> they're not happy with that because they say, who's in a blighton? <laughs> that is wrong. It doesn't How have to be that. Know? It doesn't have to be that hard. We're like, we are psyching ourselves out and we're also thinking that everyone else cares what we do or what our kids do. They're mm. actually not. They're probably faking it till they make it too. You know, so all these fancy, all the fancy ladies that pick up in their with their thigh gap and their fancy outfits, you know, they probably wore the same thing three days running and got it out of the dirty clothes basket because, you know what, they're not coping either. Mm. And here we are thinking that, that the they're thing. lording it over us. They're probably right. not. They probably wouldn't and care. If you said, well, come and have a cup of coffee mm. instead of give them the dirty eyeball, they'd probably be ecstatic. Mm. 
you know what that's what happens and when you start talking to them you find out and you you know what we found when you bring real into a conversation it allows everybody else to um put down that barrier in the facade and get real and we're all the same we're all feeling the same stuff and You know, oh, I just think you're so brilliant. This is a great book. So, so give me some like give us some real life examples. How do you become a well, high spirit if you're not now? Oh, well, I think you know, say no. We don't yeah. have to explain everything. We just say no. Yeah. I think stop yeah. doing the kids' homework. Like my son had to do one um, one um, planet, and and he did it out of paper mache, and I helped him, you know, with the balloon and the paper mache. But he basically did it. It looked wonky, but it was fine. But you know, yeah. the day that he turned turned up at the school gate, there were some people with like seven planets on a board that had to be carried sideways through the gate and <laughs> conveyed in a minibus because the parents <laughs> took over. So stop doing the kids' homework for them. Stop doing yeah. their special projects. Don't talk yeah. to the teachers every day. Don't worry about what's happening in the classrooms or the or the playground. They'll work it out. And you know what? Mm. Weekends can be about dropping the kids at the park and leaving them there. Tell, let them walk home. Let them walk to the shops. Let them have some fun with their friends. Let them, let them have some freedom. And, of course, that would work with a 12-year-old, maybe not a 7-year-old. But, yeah. you know, we can just let go of some of this stuff. Just because it's on, you don't have to go. Just because they want it, you don't have to say yes. Just because they or their friends have got it, they don't have to have it as well. And mm. it's actually okay for us to take back control of our own parenting and do things differently in a way that makes sense to us. Mm. Yeah, oh, so you true. Talk, but there's, okay, one of the things that you talk about is fighting that guilt in your mind. How do you deal with all of that? Because we want to be able to do all of these things because effectively we're really, what we're doing is we're parenting ourselves in some way. We're giving ourselves the things that we missed out on because, you know, yeah. my mum never took me to anything, let alone yeah. seven activities, yeah. you know, <laughs> no. um, by two kids and this, that, and you know, like and, and every birthday party and all of that sort of stuff. You know, she never took me. So now we're overcompensating because we came from a generation where the most they had to do with this was, you know, look at the fact that there was some Legos on the floor, let alone getting them play. So we're overcompensating. So how do you deal I, with that guilt? I actually love that you said that. I've never thought of it that way. But you're right. We are overcompensating. And because we're also working more than our parents did in longer hours, mm. we're overcompensating for that. So we think that the time that we are spending with our kids has to be so amazing, hands-on, kid-focused. And it's turning them into this sort of like needy um lacking in resilience you know not being able to do things have confidence that they'll be able to do things themselves and make mistakes Mm. and like for example the other day my son um is 11 and he's just started riding his bike places and I said he's got a phone and I said to him call me when you get there and he forgot his phone and so he had to ask a stranger to borrow her phone. He goes, I asked a nice lady with three kids, mum. I thought she'd say yes. He had to ask oh. someone to borrow their phone, a stranger, so they could Never. he could use that phone to ring me to say, I'm yeah. here, I'm okay. And how good was that? Yeah. Like that, that was such so a good, good thing for him to learn. Yeah. So, look, we, we have to just sort of let them to bring back some of that 70s and 80s. And I'm not saying, you know, that they have to sit in a room by themselves and play with a bit of earwax and a pipe cleaner, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, like they used to do in the 70s to one friend of mine, the mother used to actually lock the doors 
And so the kids had, were forced to play outside till it was dark. <laughs> like I think we, oh. there are limits. But, you know, we can get back some of that and let yeah. the kids just learn those skills of resilience. And, and mm. I think a big thing, like you say, the guilt, is stop following people on, on social media that make you feel bad about yourself. You mm. know, like hashtag find your femininity, hashtag find your sanity, find your sensuality. You know, I don't actually want to find my sensuality. I want to find my daughter's mouth guard because it cost me $150. <laughs> and I want to find my sanity, not my sensuality. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like let's let's do less of hashtag blessed and do a bit mm. more of hashtag something's full of shit or something's crap yeah, or something's yeah. gone off the rails because yeah. we're living our best lives on social media and everyone else is lapping it up and we kind of know it's not true but we still get sucked into the images and we think oh wow that's oh really how come my kids clothes don't match their food wow that's so bad <laughs> like that only happens in my house when they spill something on their tops you know <laughs> So, so, you know, like I've got toddlers. Why aren't I breast? Why aren't I like bench pressing oh, them? Yeah. You know, like mine are spending my evenings working out my like it's ridiculous. God, so I love this. It just lots of people on social media that oh. make us feel bad. But you know what you do, you do? You're just making us feel normal. You're making us feel like it's okay. You're doing your best. You're all right. If you don't get, you know, grapes in the shape of lollipops, whatever the hell that yeah. thing was before, we're doing okay. Are they dressed? Yeah. Yes. Do they have food in their stomachs? Yes. Are they where they should be at the right time? Good. And We've I, done a good job, Mum. Are, are they chilled and do they love us? You know, yeah. or are they so stressed they don't even know? Are we so stressed that we don't even know? Like I think we've actually yeah. lost sight of what's important. And everybody, you know, people of our generation are like, oh, I had such a great childhood in the 80s and it was so fun and free. Oh, I could never raise the kids like that. And look, there are some things that are different, but really not that much. And the biggest yeah. difference is our what's happening in our own minds, that we've got this idealised image of what parenting has to be. And it involves spending 12 hours building their Lego creations <laughs> and making the universe out of paper mache when in fact <laughs> one little friggin' planet would do. Yeah. yeah. I so love you, it. Give so us some good. tips on how we can handle COVID, you know, um, how we can handle all of those kind of things during COVID, like homeschooling and the guilt of, I mean, for us, the guilt of homeschooling was and not being good enough and not teaching our kids or getting mad and all of those kind of things. How can we do with that? Because at any moment we could be back in lockdown again. So give us some yeah. tips on how we can handle I that. I think, you know, the, the thing about, I mean, I'd sacked myself as my son's teacher. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'd sacked myself as my son's I'd sacked myself as my son's teacher by like 9.30 on the first day of homeschooling. Like I just totally had enough. But you know what? I didn't think of doing that. I should have done that. I we, can only, we can only do one role at a time. Like we couldn't be mm. teachers to them during that because we were parents and they didn't respect mm. our authority as teachers, even though we said, mm. you've got to do this. Now, all mm -hmm. we could do is be parents and hope that they did the right thing and tell them to do the right thing. But we couldn't actually take on that responsibility because my son, I had picked out all this great educational stuff for him to do in addition to um, his schoolwork. And he said, mum, I'm not doing your extra crappy stuff. Like, <laughs> like, why would he spend his extra hours on mathletics rather than Fortnite? Oh, so mathletics. All, 
all we could all we can really do is be the best parent we can and we can't become mm -hmm. teachers overnight and we shouldn't be expected to and we actually need to just make sure they're okay they're not too stressed they're doing the minimum that's all we can really expect. And I think for times like this, we have to drop our standards and not expect that there's going to be a home-cooked dinner from scratch on the table every night when, you know, you've spent half your day homeschooling and you've got none of your own work done. You know, you've got a Zoom with the girls just to keep you sane. Like that, working out what's important. And sometimes Uber Eats wins out over the home-cooked yeah. meal because it frees you up to do other things. And I think just... So admitting that you can't do everything and you just have to focus. Like I've got some friends whose kids are going through eating disorders and really bad depression and they would love to have some of the problems I've got. Like, oh, gee, is he at Glenferry Road or Camberwell? I don't know where my son is for half an hour. Like they would be like, I'd be so happy that he's out of the house. You know, like sometimes you just have to be happy with, the kids if they're just sort of bumbling along and you know eating well and kind of turning up for dinner and you know where they are like maybe some days that's the best we can do Totally agree. All right. Well, where can we get this beautiful book from? Yeah, where can we get it from? Well, the book is available in all good bookshops, and it's in. I'm so excited because it's in Target and it's in um, uh, Big oh, W and it's oh. in Kmart. Apparently, it's at the airport. If anyone's actually buying anywhere, and it's also <laughs> online, Amazon, Booktopia, all the rest of it, and you can get it um, on Kindle. There's an ebook, so it's pretty much everywhere and if it's you go into bookshop and it's not there you can ask for it so um oh. the secret of half-assed parenting so Susie, I hope we enjoy are it. so proud of you we are so proud of you because we know how hard you work and this is a brilliant brilliant idea and you're going to you're going to make a lot of people feel very very happy and calm and you know much more together and not so judged and guilt-ridden. And I think the only thing that I would change is, do you have a version that says after after COVID and the amount of um, bread that I ate, is the secret of one and a half ass parents? Is that, is there, is that, is that the it's secret just, coming up? It's just half a toasty. That's, that's oh, okay, half a toasty. All right, that's where I went wrong, half a toasty. All right, Susie O'Brien, And, of course, Dr. I Susie even, I even um, attribute... Um, even talk about you girls in the in the teenage section so drawing on some it. of your wisdom thank you so you'll have to um, so get your copy and look it up so thank brilliant. you brilliant dr Susie o'brien the secret of half-assed parenting available everywhere that you get amazing books and we are so proud of you thank you so much for being on our show today thank you ladies thank you're you. listening to the song good slash if you're real show we'll see you after the break bring back live live again Sonia and Sasha, for real. You're listening to Bring Back Live and Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for Real show. It's the happiest day of the week for us because we get to speak to the most incredible people and I get to hang out with you, Sasha, which is always lovely. Now, I have a question for you. Okay, if you me. want to feel chilled out and at one with the universe and positive and like you're living your best life, who do you go and speak to? Oh, I go to speak to my own mentor. Like I've actually got a mentor that I see on a weekly basis, sometimes twice a week that I get to yes. hang out with and yes. I get to sit and I listen to him speak and I listen to him speak to my kids. But then I also get my own little therapy session at the end of class <laughs> and um, sometimes tell him my issues. And that is the very own sensei 
of Shogun's martial arts in Mooney Ponds and his name is Kong Wing Lo and he has been doing martial arts for 53 years. Oh, he was the real Yagi and he is here on our show right now. Hey Sensei, welcome. Hi, how are you guys? Haven't oh. seen you for a long time. And uh, Sonia, sorry. I, Sacha, I see you every week anyway. <laughs> Good to see you again, Same Sonia. Mate. Oh, it's lovely to see you, Sensei. You know what? I just look at your face and I start smiling. That's what happens when I look at you. You just, you have that effect on people, I think. Oh, thank you. I've been practicing my smile all the time because that's my, uh, that's my business smile. <laughs> well, sign now me you up. have to. <laughs> well, I tell you, Sensei, you have the most calming um, vibe and it's the way that you educate people, the way that you talk to people, and your business is just incredible, the way that you teach young people. You have so many young people that come in week after week and learn martial arts. I mean, my kids have been, I've been coming to see you every week for nine years now. That's how much I have, how much time I've spent with you over the course of um, the last nine years. And so you make my Saturday mornings absolutely perfect. And um, you get to teach my kids this um, ability to censor them, to, to center themselves and to be able to um, also in some leadership things as well. But I guess the reason we, why we wanted to speak to you is because you've had this incredible business for as long as I can remember, because I remember being a teenager myself and walking up and down Punkle Street and seeing your business and wanting to join. And when it was my time to be able to send children to do some martial arts, I knew exactly where I would take them because I'd been watching this place grow over my entire lifetime. Mm. And I have to say it was as much as our businesses has been, have been devastated, your business was completely shattered over COVID and this lockdown, and yet you managed to entertain us on social media <laughs> stuff that was just left field like it was just funny and we got to learn a whole nother side of you and so i guess because all of us have gone through this roller coaster ride we just wanted to know from you how did you handle this lockdown and everything that it did to you and your business uh, well yeah um yeah i put up a lot of funny stuff uh, humorous stuff on uh, facebook during the lockdown because i thought you know well the first, the first term we could, the first lockdown we couldn't do anything, and a lot of people also have no plan what to do, and th and then I thought of Zoom and all that, and that was the first time I ever taught anything online, which is a great thing. I learned something, and it's so easy to use, you know, something online, and I love Facebook to be honest with you. Without Facebook, I I'm lost, you know. Like I say, you know, sometimes I post things like, oh, you know, I I. I, I look at Facebook before I look at Rita, you know, my wife. In the morning, I grab the phone <laughs> and look at Facebook. I know, it's ridiculous, you know. It's great. And uh, on, I know. How old and are I you, thought, Sensei? How old are you? I, I'm 69 this uh, this year. I'm just, I just had my birthday in January. So I love Facebook and the contact I have, the friends. I see friends that I've never seen before, like no uh, from school days, from high school, mm. and they're still alive, and I'm so glad they're healthy and all that. And of course, you every now and then you see the sad news: somebody passed away and all that. And I see my students grow up. You know, they left me, 
and then they got married and see their children having birthday like you like you in the morning sometimes i see your upload and i have a good laugh and you you standing inside the trolley the shopping trolley and all being <laughs> being silly you know i mean we have to at uh, this kind of uh, this kind of environment now with the pandemic we got to find things to make ourselves happy to be honest we have to find a way you know to 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 console ourselves you know life is mm. not that bad i mean we are not it's not a death sentence you know um only man honestly it's only money we lost if you look at the whole thing mm. our business we lost money and then we got our health you know we really got to have and at my age health is so important mm. if you tell the 30 years old tell 18 years old and all that they they're not interested in what i'm saying but now it means so much every day you know if you are healthy thought, oh, really thank god and you know, all that you are healthy so mm. i look at it this way money we can always make the money and like they always say you can't take your money with you mm. so i look at the whole thing like that look at the positive attitude that you've had through this entire time and one of the things that Sonia and I do is we actually used comedy and laughter as a way for us to get through it as well mm. and you know when we would say to people all the time you know just put on a comedy laugh at something do something silly and you would have no idea how much of an impact something like that would be and to get that same information from you is just so um reassuring to us that we're on the right track Sonia you know yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely that and you're you know, even laughing yourself and laughing at us as well. <laughs> do you know what yeah, we've very... yeah, go sorry on, sensei no you please go on please yeah uh, yeah laughter like they say is the best medicine but you know I I always take life um sometime I don't take life seriously, you know, and a lot of because my job I should take life seriously, take everything serious because it's karate. You know, I I can hurt people, I teach people, but then there's a a serious side of me when I teach children. But I use humor to teach children. Not only children, I have mothers, fathers, grandpa, grandma sitting there watching the 4 years old, watching the 5, 6 years old like like a sacha you know she sit there and watch me you know and mm. i got to be careful what i say to the kids uh, in the past many years ago in the beginning when i have the shogun masha i i learn uh, things i should say things i shouldn't say and all that and some parents come up and say you shouldn't say that you know how thankful i i am to the parents who tell me they say just now you shouldn't have mentioned that sort of thing then i realize i made a mistake and i just say sorry to them and i learned the hard way you know of course i made only a couple of mistakes you know so um and i got to be very, and i educate the parents at the same time uh because a lot of children although you know i can only do so much they come twice a week 45 minutes then the rest are for the um, for the parents to work on i recently have one kid who is autistic and she, she the mother came up oh sister you're not paying attention to my child he just joined and he he is autistic he's on a medic medication and blah 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 uh, i noticed uh, he didn't put up the hand you didn't go up to him and all that i said look you are paying too much attention to him 
everything he does or don't do, you are homing in on him, focusing on him. You don't let him breathe, I say. I say, and then if he doesn't do what you want him to do, you think he should go and see a psychiatrist, a counsellor and all that. And then you make things worse. I say, let him be a kid. You know, he is not the, the noisy, autistic boy. So, and I I have a way with a few autistic kids, you know. I just make, I know how to handle them through karate. Because eventually, you know, they will work in with me. Because they want something that I'm trying to implement. Uh, something that, a, a reward that they want. I attract by them by reward. So they actually, finally, they put their hand up to want to do something for me. I mm. told the parents, let him, let that 45 minutes, let me handle it, you know. So there's positive of uh, the whole training, with, especially with this. So I'm actually teaching the mother, you know. I'm no psychiatrist. Mm. I'm no counsellor. But I know how, I've seen it all before many years. I have kids like that. It's so good to have people with you, like you, Sensei, because we as parents are just sometimes so caught up in making sure that we're doing the right thing and that they're getting all the opportunities they can and they don't have, we don't want them to feel pain or negativity or any of those sorts of things. And it's kind of hard for us to take our hands off the wheel and say, well, you kind of do need to feel those sorts of things to build some resilience and some strength. So I guess I certainly saw when we came into your, um, to your, to Shogun, where you know, you you just have this ability to to teach everybody, and the stories that you tell as well through your teachings have stayed with me. I've often used some of the things that you told me in the day that we came in and filmed at your um, what do you call it? Your what what do you call it? Your dojo. 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 I was trying to think of the name um, at, at your dojo. You know, I I say those in my seminars very often. So these kinds of martial arts and physical activity um, paired with you know, connecting and stories, they're really powerful for our kids, aren't they? What are some of the mental health benefits that kids get from being involved in martial arts? Because, um, you know, when you tell them a story, like everything else, you know, when you buy your blouse, you know, you tell the story where you got it from, you know, and we are all storyteller. Whether you, you got to watch what audience is listening to your story. So to, to a four or five years old, I tell story, that impressed the four or five years old. I water mm. it down, I make it all, you know, uh, 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 real um, interesting to a four or five years old. Sometimes I change the storyline and sometimes I, I bluff, I lie to the kids to get them to reach the goal I want them to do. Of course. I give you an example. Yeah, I give you an example. Because children, you need to put the seed in their mind. Mm. You want to put a seed, plant the seed. What type of seed you want to plant? Like they say, you 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 sow, you reap what you sow, you know. Mm -hmm. So you just put the seed you want. The children are they are sponges. Mm. Whatever seed you put in there, they will grow. So I always plant the seed in them. Certain seat, certain kids, it's not the same seat for everybody. Mm. So, for example, uh, one kid, he wouldn't listen to what I say. All right. He he's naughty, he play with the sticks, and he, he looked through the, the the stick we used to practice, it's a hollow. So I I don't know how to warn him. I keep telling at the whole class and not, he wouldn't listen. So I told him a story. I said, Oh, three months ago, I say, you know. 
this this kid was looking through this stick. I wasn't targeting him. I knew he was listening. I said someone ran past, hit the head. The whole stick went inside the eyes. And you know what happened? I said, you know what happened? It went through, came up through the back of the head. Blood was everywhere. <laughs> and um, and I know. I said, you know what's the funny part? When we pulled the stick out, there was a there was a popping noise. <laughs> the eye, and the eye the eyeball was stuck in the the stick. So we have to go on the other side. Blow the blow the stick to eyeball out. The funny part, the funny part was the mother was all the parents was holding a straight face when I told the story. Oh, Everyone wanted to laugh, but they got to hope because they knew I'm trying to tell this kid to behave. You know? So I find if you do that kind of thing, the kids will get the message. I said, you know, I don't like cleaning blood on the floor. I say, you know. <laughs> So oh, I find that, I love that story. That I kind of it. thing works. It works like it works like wildfire, you know. So I, you tell them you you blow up the entire story. You blow up the accident. You know this kind of thing. I learned it. Uh, one thing I learned it through years. I years ago I I attended a seminar called Power of the Mind in the eighties. I remember I I I paid five hundred dollars just to learn that. On a weekend, five hundred dollars in eighty <laughs> eighty three. That was a lot big, of money. Big money. Yeah, and that's the thing that 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 you learn. That line that I learned, that little storyline I learned, was worth the weekend. The rest <laughs> I couldn't. The rest I couldn't remember because on a positive mind and and how to develop a positive mind, not only think positive, you actually how you accept the positiveness. From uh, the 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 disaster, let's mm. say for example, uh, I give an example. Or you think now we are all you know with this COVID, oh we lost money, blah blah. Let's expand the whole thing. Let's exaggerate the whole thing. Your house burned down. Mm. Your entire house turned to ashes. The bushfire came through, burned your your car was all in ashes. All right and. Something else happened to your relative. They burned. They they are dead. They are, the skeleton wasn't there. They couldn't find. And then, now look at the whole thing. Is the pandemic bad now? No, no it's mm. not bad because you look at the, the the how I enlarge and exaggerate the whole. We are still alive. It's nothing mm. like that has happened to us. Mm. So uh, yes. you look at. Uh, you know, you think of the worst thing that could happen to you. Are you in that situation? No, you're not. So you, I always think of things like that. Somebody, I know it's bad to say somebody's worse off than you. You know, if you mm. look at Queensland and some other places where they have all the, you know, the bushfire, the flood and all that. You know, in Melbourne, you can go to Woolies and Aldi's and wherever to buy what you want, you know. Mm. And now with the, 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 the pandemic, all right, we locked down for eight, nine months. What's the worst thing we, we, we go through? Stop eating as much. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat that. Sensei, oh, you're, you're so right. Jim. 
Thank you so much for this uh, positive outlook and just a whole nother outlook on how we can actually teach ourselves to be positive and teach our kids to be positive and resilient. And you certainly do put a whole new spin on it for us that we're not feeling sorry for ourselves. And, you know, there's much worse things that could happen. You're an absolute gem. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being in my life and my mentor because I can't tell you how many times I've sat and, and just went in and gone, oh, Sensei, this is what's happening in my life. Blah, 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 blah. So thank you for all of those oh, moments. I love you welcome. and I'm so grateful for you in our I lives love and you in my too. children's lives. Thank you, Thank, you, thank you for staying staying with for, with me for so many years. Meantime, those nine years, I already have three. I already have two divorces. I want a divorce. I had three relationships all broken <laughs> and you still with me. <laughs> Don't tell your wife that, right? And, and, uh, I know. and on and then that positive note, we're gonna go to a break. <laughs> Thank you, Sensei. Right, you're you're amazing. You're yeah, listening to the Sonia and Sasha for real show from Bank Live and Live FM. We'll see you after the break. Sonia and Sasha, for real. Thank you so much for listening to Green Bank Live and Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for real show. And it's our favorite, favorite day of the week where we get together and we talk all things, all exciting things that have happened during the week. And Sasha, you are, as always, all over social media. You're all over the internet. We have had recommendations to talk to this man. So would you like to tell us who he is, please? And okay. next guest. All right. Okay. So over lockdown, I thought to myself, let's give this TikTok a go. Okay, so basically now at five hours a day is my addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scrolling through. <laughs> and I'm watching this stuff and it would have to be the most incredible um, space of vulnerability where people can be themselves and be funny and it's not showing off. In fact, it's actually showing you real stuff. And there's this influx of people that are our age, 23 and a half, sorry, now, our age. 23 group, and a half, correct, right? every birthday, are, yes. There's this influx of people. And so I've started following people, okay, because this is what you do randomly, over 50, because there's this massive group of over 50-year-olds that are on TikTok doing really, really fun things. And I'm obsessed in it. it. Like, I'm, it. like when I say obsessed, next level, like I've given Netflix the flick, just so oh, I can TikTok. Oh, I'm telling you, wow. I'm going to bed and I'm completely not even. What I'm just like scrolling, scrolling, and all of this stuff. So we've been recommended, and we came across this person. Okay, and we have James Jordan, who is a TikToker, over fifties TikToker from North Carolina, who has just come on board on this little train of TikTok. Who now has twenty two and a half thousand followers. Oh. You know what this dude does? He just he just mimes every song. Like he'll give you a romance. You'll be, you know, you'll be Snoop Dogg in your heart out. Like you are, like it's just like every genre of song. So welcome, James Jordan. Yay. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. James, oh, we so need fun. to ask you what makes, okay. So hang on. Firstly, how old are you, James? I am 51 years old. Right. What makes a 51 year old man from North Carolina go, I'm going to go on TikTok and I'm going to kill it the way that you do. <laughs> so uh, beginning, I was just uh, watching TikTok. And then like uh, a month later, my granddaughter was on TikTok. So she talked to me. She said, Grandpa, can you get on TikTok for me? Because you like to dance. I said, I don't have time to do that. I'm busy. Then the quarantine happened. So I wasn't busy anymore. The quarantine. <laughs> of course, yes. 
So I did my first video for my job, which was actually the Boys and Girls Club. And then I had to uh, work a little dance stance for them. So that went from there to two videos to three videos. And I think I have about over a thousand videos, I believe right now. Oh my goodness. And how do you get 22, more than 22,000 followers on TikTok? That, that is incredible. How does that even happen? I don't know. I guess I like to do uh, different types of uh, dances, a uh, little bit of comedy, not too much comedy, a little bit of comedy. And yeah. I, I love movies. I love acting. I love dancing. I like singing. Now I'm lip syncing, so I really don't sing that well. So that makes, oh. it, makes it better for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you that because we've been looking at your clips and you really look like you are actually singing. Like I've had to go, is that really him in, one of the, in some of those clips <laughs> like that? You're actually doing such an excellent job. You know what I love about this, every, everything I love about this, Josh, but I love that once you're more than 23 and a half, which is what we are, you can just recreate yourself and do something that's completely out of the box and just jump on, have no fear, and you're bringing so much joy to so many people. How much fun are you having with this? Uh, I am now addicted to the <laughs> <laughs> I think I did like four last night and I just like edit them and haven't put them in yet. Uh, just oh waiting, goodness. yeah. It's, but it's, so, it's, it's the people what they want. That's what I try to do. You, well, you do, and you've got a lot of people to keep happy now. So you've got to make sure that you keep getting there. So you just you're there. You've got your groove on. You're dancing away. What do you do in your in your other in your other life in the real life in your job? Okay, uh, nine to five. Okay, uh, in real life, I am a program director for the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, admin office, so I run programs for them. And I am a retired teacher assistant of 25 years. Oh. I retired, retired two years ago. Wow. So, Helen, do, do you have any followers that have ever been ex-students or ex-parents and, like, all of a sudden they'll send you this thing going, <laughs> um, that was my kid's teacher and I'm checking him out on, on TikTok now. Well, I do get my basketball players. So I have, a, I have my own organization. It's called East Coast All-Stars. And I do, a I do a mentoring basketball program. I've done it for like 17 years. Wow. So a lot of my players are up there watching me. So when I go to basketball practice, they, they mention it to me all the time. Yeah, they're just coming up to him and going, my love, there's only <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like they've been doing this sort of thing and, and uh, having a dance because – it's it's I think that um, TikTok has almost been like this phenomenal of, of, of thing something to do and especially for older people because normally you know I mean when TikTok first came out it was really like a younger kind of crowd like it was that 10 yes. 12 13 year olds right and then all of a sudden with with lockdown all of us <laughs> 23 year olds um, just went oh I'll give this a go and like and now I've even noticed that there's now this trend for like over 70s and I'm watching them as well. Yeah. And they're absolutely hilarious. Like it's, you know, where you're getting these grandma and grandpas that are doing these dances and doing all these different things. And it's just so cool. And um, I think it's awesome that you're doing it. And I think it's awesome that you're going outside the square and pushing yourself to do it. Cause I'm sure a year ago, if we told you this is what would happen, <laughs> what would you think? Nah, I wouldn't be here. I don't think I would even be on an interview right now. Yeah. I am always, I'm very, I'm shy in person, but I can do anything in front of that camera, uh, dance, anything like that. I also have a, a, temp, a group of uh, 
third through fifth graders um, that I teach dancing to for the last 10 years. So I have a dance crew too. Oh, this is amazing. So you've just dedicated your entire working career to helping young people um, yes. thrive and to mentor young people. And I see you've got your cross there. So, you know, you, you're, you're, you're a man with blessings and you're blessing everybody else with your creativity now and your and uh, you're able to spread your love even further. What's your favourite TikTok? Congratulations on that, by the way. That's a really beautiful way to dedicate someone's career, like your life, to working with young people. And I'm sure you've had a significant impact on them. So congratulations. That's a lovely thing. Um, Thank you. What is your favourite? What's your favourite one that you spent? That was the best fun to do and I loved it. My my favourite? Oh, man. Uh, Probably when I did the uh, WAP remix. Oh, ah! I, have to, I have to go check your what we out. Back in July. Back in July. Okay, well, I'm going to check that one out. Um, and I would definitely say my favorite was Endless Love. Like I'm a, I'm a big, massive <laughs> fan. And when you duetted that one, I was like out there, and I, I think I watched it maybe ten times. I just let it go. <laughs> let it go. Sometimes I just leave it on the kitchen bench, and then because with TikTok, you literally have to push it to the next one it doesn't do it by itself so you're right. looking at me like going she has lost her mind that's how <laughs> no, much no, I'm just leaving. No. And, I'm, and i'm just leaving and then you walk past you come back 10 minutes later and it's still going <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone's watching your views it's me that's getting your views up there um, do you know what i was just i wasn't thinking i was doing that you know what i was thinking about there's this fantastic meme that's uh, i don't i think it's actually a proper message and somebody's kids have told their parents that WAP stands for worship and prayer. And so the mother, right, has sent out a text message to the church group, would you like to come over for, on Friday for some pizza and WAP? And everyone's like, what's going on? Yeah, it's changing. Oh, I love it. I oh, this is great. What was that? On, on my video, I put W-H-O-P. I didn't put the other one. Oh, oh you're yeah, okay. right. well, so the, the PG version, James. Good job. <laughs> All right. So please, everyone, go to TikTok, follow, and it, what is it? It's James. Four, it's it's Jay Jordan four five one. Jay Jordan four five one. Follow him. You yes. will love it. You'll sing along and um, get on board. Get on board with the get on board the TikTok train, people, because you will absolutely be entertained for hours. Thank you so much, James. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Can't wait to keep, can't wait to keep watching you. Yeah. All right. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. Have a good oh, day. You're brilliant. You too. Thank you so much, James Jordan. We've had such a big show, Sash. We've had a lovely time. We talked to the lovely Susie O'Brien with the book uh, Secret of Half-Assed Parenting. Uh, we've had a, a chat with the wonderful James. We've had a chat with Bianca. What a great show. Again, let's do it again next week, shall we? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. I'm Let's afraid. do it again. Afraid, All right, afraid, get onto afraid. that TikTok. Don't forget. All Don't right, forget. take care. Have Bye. the best week ever. You're listening to Sonia and Sasha for real on Fremont Live Live FM. We will see you next week. Bye bye. Thank you. Sonia and Sasha for real.